Good morning. Good morning. Let's pray together. This is from Lord of Heaven. Let us judge our Christianity not only by our dependence upon Jesus, but by our love to Him, our conformity to Him, our knowledge of Him. Give us a religion that is both real and progressive, that holds on its way and grows stronger, that lives and works in the Spirit, that profits by every correction and is injured by no carnal indulgence. Amen. Please stand and sing with me hymn 390. Spirit, 
so that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spoke these words and said, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not make for yourself any image nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath nor in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, and I visit the sin of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, and I show mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days you shall labor and do all that you have to do, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall do no manner of work, you and your son and your daughter, your manservant and your maidservant, your cattle, and the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and called it holy. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not murder. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor maid, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these laws in our hearts, we ask you. The Lord be with you. Let's pray. Keep, O Lord, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness, and minister your justice with compassion. For the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated to hear God's word. This is a reading from the 17th chapter of Acts. Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything. 
since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. The word of the Lord. Let's stand and sing hymn 383.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to John. The Gospel written in the second chapter, first chapter of John. I'll try to read it right. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending. On the Son of Man. Let's affirm our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 3. The top of page 3. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, Begotten of this Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, and his kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Rock of Redeemer. Please be seated. Plain preaching. So, I've been reading a lot of, of books and this, this week, and I just, I had a, a sermon planned and it's written on our website, and and I'm going to do it. But, uh, but last night I went to bed thinking, I just, this, might not, this not, might not be a good message. But it is. It, 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 this might not be an exciting message or a and then I woke up and said, this is a good message. 
because it's plain and it's simple. And I want to keep it plain and simple. And I, as, as all my sermons should be plain and simple so that children can understand it and so that adults who we live in a, a world where adolescence is permeating, you know, I read that adolescence was an invention, you know, the, of the 20th century where, you know, it used to be you're a child, you're a child, now you're an adult, you have responsibilities. Then now there's this gap between childhood and adulthood, and it's called adolescence, and it keeps getting, the gap keeps getting longer and longer until people start taking responsibility and being adults. And, you know, we've got lots of distractions and stuff like that. So, this is for everybody. And it's very, very simple. We can't know God if we limit ourselves to trying to understand who he is up here. Conceptually. Conceptually. God doesn't make sense if you're trying to figure him out as a philosophical thing. God is vast. He is a mind. He is controlling. He is involved. He is in in everything. But he's outside of creation. He's involved in everything. He created everything. He sustains everything. He, and I said this last week, I don't think any of you were here, but last week, the girls were here. Last week, I was talking about just how he's really involved in, you know, weather. I mean, we can't predict the weather because he's, we could, we should be able to because of science, but we can't get it completely right because he's involved in messing, messing with stuff. And the, the, now my language just fell into messing. You know, now I think of God, man, he's messing with stuff. We can't conceptualize a pure, good God if we limit ourselves to trying to think about him as in, in his essence. Very complicated. Once then start you start getting into the Trinity and everything is haywire. You're like, I don't get how they're one God and three persons. That's a very difficult concept. If we limit ourselves to that, we end up being confused. Everything gets confusing. Many people don't believe because they limit themselves to trying to think, is there a God? So what do people say? I can't believe in an old man up in the sky. Nobody believes that that's what God is. Well, then what is God? Well, and then you start jumping through hoops, trying to, you know, explain it in the simplest of terms, and you can't get there. God is complex. The universe is complex. The cell is complex. DNA is complex. All the way down the atomic level. Those are complex things. There's nothing simple in the universe. God is more complicated than the universe. So of course we can't figure out who God is. 
And you get questions like, well, who made God? If God made everything, who made him? And that's a, a nonsense question because God, by definition, is unmade first cause of everything. Unmade. It, it's in the definition of God. So you can't say who made God. It's a nonsense question. But I can't say that's a nonsense question because I, the thing that I have to replace it with is really complicated. And they'll go, you know what? I'd rather believe that there's an old man in the sky throwing lightning bolts than in this complicated thing that you're trying to explain to me. So that's my first point. We can't describe God. It's, it's virtually impossible. We can, but it, it's not universally, it doesn't universally make sense to people. You can't explain God to the, sa the same way to different people and have them go, okay, thanks. Even if you spent a whole year on a course and explained, people would walk away from the course going, with different ideas, with different thoughts of who God is. We don't, we can't describe him. C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity, he put it out in plain terms for me, and I was suddenly, yes, I know, I understand who God is now. I know many people who have read in Christianity, and they walk away and go, that didn't help at all. We get different ideas of who God is. And we can't connect. So here's the point. We focus and meditate and concentrate on what God has done. We move from who God is. We try to, there's all these arguments for God. The ontological argument here, you know, here's a complicated way to figure out who God is. The, the you know, there are all these apologetics to prove God's existence. That doesn't matter. The plowboy, as, as Tyndale said, should know who God is as much as the Pope, if not better than the Pope. And that's why I read this in English. Because this book doesn't go about ever trying to prove that God exists. It never goes to try to, you know, there's no book in the Bible that says, okay, here's what God, here's what God, here's, here's what God means. Here, here it is. Lay it out, we'll lay it out scientifically. No. It's all about what God has done. We can know God better by focusing on what he's done than by who he is. It's like an illusion. You try to look directly at who he is, and you don't get it. You look at what he's done, and you go, oh, now I think I know who God is. That make sense? Raise your hand if it doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> Juju. If you try to figure out who God is, you can't do it. If you focus on what he's done, you suddenly have an idea of who he is. I'll give you, let's, let's go to examples. We know God created everything because the Bible tells us he created everything. So you know he's a creator. So now you have that attribute. But you're looking at 
what he did. You know he flooded the earth. He did these miraculous things in the Old Testament. He flooded the entire earth and saved eight people from destruction in an ark. That's what God did. So now I've got a little bit more of his character. You see that? Tower of Babel. We're all uni united against God. We're all like, we got the best thing going here. And God said, they'll never believe me if I let this happen. So he confused our language. Not just, I've been, I've been realizing, not just our physical language, the way we communicate, but also our economic language, also our political language. Have you ever wondered why people don't see eye to eye politically or economically at all? Because those languages were confused too. Not just our spoken language. Yes? Exactly, exactly. I'm going to get to that. I was going to first say the Exodus, when God rescued his people out of Egypt. That's an amazing thing. They cried out to him. He rescued them. He sent ten plagues on Egypt. Then he let them get cornered by the Red Sea, and Egypt's army is coming, and then he splits the Red Sea, lets them through on dry land, then slams it closed back on top of the Egyptians. Most amazing thing. Right, and then all, all those people, except for like two, were lost in the wilderness because they stopped believing. Moses hit the rock, water comes out of the rock, manna shows up on the ground every morning. These are the things God did. And you're like, okay, now I have a picture of who God is. I'm not going to use arguments to describe God. I'm going to use what he's done here in the Bible. Same with the New Testament, as you were saying. He became incarnate. He became a man and lived a sinless life and died on the cross for our sins. And he, the resurrection is this amazing act of God, this amazing deed of God. Now I have a better picture of who he is. He gave, God, he gave John... A waking dream, which is what we read about in Revelation. Crazy stuff. A lot of the stuff we don't understand. But we get a clearer picture of who God is. The New Testament in general explains what he did. The Old Testament predicts Jesus. The, New Testament, the gospel showed Jesus, and then the letters explain Jesus. Everything focuses on Jesus, and that's my second point. The first point is, look at what God did, not who he is, and you'll figure out who God is. Second point, you can't look at every little detail in isolation. So you can't go, you'll hear people do this, I don't like the Bible, boom, the whole Bible. Why? Because in Joshua, they conquer the, pro the promised land, and they kill all those people, including women and children. You just took one thing, and you made it cover the entire Bible with a dark cloth. That doesn't mean that the rest of the Bible is like that, does it? No, it's not. Very good. From the mouth of babes. 
we have to look, we have to step back and look at the whole picture. So, we look at what God does to know who God is, and then we don't look at individual things that he did. To, we can't judge God on every individual act. We have to pull back and see how all the acts combine to make God. Does that make sense? So it's not just creation. It's creation and fall and redemption. In the Old Testament, you see all of these things happening. Wow, Exodus. What an amazing thing. Ten plagues, all of that stuff. Lamb's blood around the door, saving people from destruction. Whoa, what? what's the big picture? That event is pointing to Jesus. Everything's pointing to the big event that's going to happen and has happened already for us. Jesus' death on the cross, his spilled blood. He, the, the lamb's blood around the door is the blood of Jesus protecting God's children from death when the end comes. Anybody who does not have the lamb's blood around their door, the door of their heart, let's say, Is doomed. Big picture. And yet God promises to save all who believe in him. God promises to save all who believe in Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. So when you step back, you see a plan of salvation. You see, you see creation, you see fall, you see redemption. And then you see a life to come. That's when you pull back and you see all the details. And those are the things that point to who God is and what he's done for us. Psalm 146, or sorry, 145. David says, Great is the Lord and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Essentially what he's saying is exactly what I said. You try to search out who God is, you can't. It's unsearchable. One gener but one generation will praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We can communicate God to others by describing what he's done. On, your, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. If you feel that God is far from you, meditate on his works, which this is full of. We don't have to limit ourselves to the Bible. We can look at what he's done in our lives. We can look at what he's done in history. The Reformation, I think, is an amazing act of God. The church was going off the rails in a major way. And God, through the Reformers, got it back on track. Juliet was born blind. We prayed. Her sight came in. I can look at that as a mighty act of God. And know who he is. In relation. All of us here. Can look at our salvation. And say. Wow. God even saved me. Now I have a clearer picture of who God is. He's someone that would save even me. We look at all those things, and they form the picture of God. 
And what they do is they form the picture of Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus Christ, you can assign any attribute to God you want. You can say, oh, deism is possible. You say, oh, God just wound up the earth and went away. The God of the Muslims, Allah, who's capricious and, and far off. He, he does, he's not connected. I mean, people who obey the five pillars of Islam all their lives are still not assured of their salvation because God did it the last night, their God at the last minute. Change your minds. Without Christ, God just becomes like every other religion's God. But with Christ, he's unique. And he is the only way to be saved. So, examine your life. Are you thinking of, are you trying to get your mind around who God is? Switch to meditating on his works. When you're meditating on his works, are you focusing on one thing and wrestling with it and going, I just have a problem with this one thing. If I only can get past this one thing, then, I will, then I'll be okay. Pull back and look at all the works together to paint this picture of Christ. Living, dying, living sinlessly, dying for us. Being resurrected to show us that we are to be resurrected too if we have faith in him. That's how we should be thinking of this. Amen. Was it plain? Was it clear? Was there anything that I just I tried to be as clear as possible? One of the simplest guys I know. I'm a, such a simpleton. <laughs> Did you get it now? Did you you had one more thing? Did you want you had your hand up a little bit? Did I pass by it? Unsearchable, yeah. Is it like like something in the wilderness that you can't find and you get lost? Right, we could. But what does it say? In the New Testament, he's unsearchable, but it says, Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? And and then You'll be saved, right? What you're searching is not God, but his works, what he did. And that's Jesus. Seek Jesus. God's righteousness is in Jesus. That's an event. That's a deed. That's an act. In the incarnation is an act. If I try to comprehend the Father, boom, my mind is blown. I might as well check into an asylum and suck my thumb for the rest of my life. I don't know. It's salty. I don't know how to do that. If I seek Jesus, the incarnation, the act of God, boom, I find him. That's why we should seek Jesus. And I, and I feel bad for all the religions that don't have Christ because they're trying to get their minds around something that can't be fathomed completely. But if we focus on Christ, we get a a picture of who God is. Like in the fiery furnace thing, uh-huh. where uh, he says, when you hear all the instruments, you bow down to the statue, but you, God 
God's men did it. Right. God sent an angel to. And some say that angel was Christ in the first account. That was Jesus. Right. They focused on the true God and they refused to worship the false gods. And God saved, God protected them from the fire. Which, and that's a microcosm of us. We do not follow the wiles of the world, the fake religions of the world. Don't follow them. Follow Jesus. And when the end comes, when the fire comes at the end on Judgment Day, we're spared because we got Jesus, the shiny. He's shiny in the furnace, which protects us. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Tommy Boy, greatest movie of all time. And I think that's I think that's why a lot of people don't believe because they're trying to do that. They're trying to stick their head in the wrong place to find God. Saturday, I'm going up to get them. Mama and I will be back in a week. Yes. Well, we Mama enjoyed will. Mama. Mama will. And Anna will still be up. I won't be able to see her But one of, the, one of the things that is <coughs> encouraging to me is Rose yesterday, was it yesterday? Said at lunch, can I still go up to New York with you? Because at first she's like, I don't want to set foot in New York again. Also, I don't want to drop Anna off at at, at CPYB because I'm not going and I'm just going to feel all sad about it. And she might still feel sad about it, but she and Anna have been communicating a lot through text and, and voice and, and talking to each other. And she just says, I can't, I can't go without seeing Anna for, for that long. So I really want to go up with you. And I said, that'd be great because you'd be a great companion in a car with me, but I'm driving seven hours. I'm not going to be doing it by myself anymore. I'll be, be and I want to be able to see Anna. You won't be able to see him. But you'll be with Mama Ruth and Papa Jim. And you'll, and you'll see her phone. Of her smartphones that have video. We enjoyed 
Baptist substitute substitute. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. He was he was good. He was a good. Nice guy. You all do something with him sometimes. Oh yeah, young guy. We, we do stuff together sometimes. Twenty nine years old. I guess. And he yeah. says he's going to have me preach at his place sometime. He was over here at Video Baptist, but couldn't see fit, couldn't work it out with that. Right. He works at Serving Spoon. He works at Serving Spoon. Oh, Serving Spoon. We'll get some over Serving Spoon. He was the post office. Yeah, I was going to say, he wasn't the post office. can't do the post office anymore. In case you're listening, Andrew, we're talking about you. Oh, you yeah. Andrew. Andrew, yeah. yes. So he works at where now? Serpent's food. Serpent's food, over here. Okay. So frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt, okay. Yeah. And they brand it. Anyone? We saw that. Yeah, the nursery. Yeah, office and nursery. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. It's like, who else knows? There's a kite festival at Jockey's Ridge. Oh, yeah. Huge. We saw them the other day. You see the shape of a cow and a Panda bear. A cow. A cow. Sometimes there's a giant jellyfish. How about you, Bill Dave? No, octopus. An octopus. Squid. Mm-hmm. Any other words of encouragement? This was great. And I was going to ask about. And yes. who was, there was a guest here, too. A lady from somewhere out in southwest Virginia. She was from Pennsylvania. She was from Woodsville area. She was visiting. By herself. Well, my friend, uh, my, my mentor, Rick, said it was somebody that he sent. Well, yeah, that's what oh. yes. Yeah. It was just her? The yeah, just her. Yeah, he sent her over. That's right. She's she on the coast. Okay. She's from somewhere with the area. Down 81. 7781. Yeah. Right now, yeah. Little towns. I told her I knew somebody from Max Meadows. Three miles from her. Yeah. And Max Meadows is a little town further down State One. So it's Bristol. Well, that's great. Any other words we've heard from? You have another word we've heard from? loved us and gave himself for us a prayer offering and sacrifice to God. Let's sing the first verse of 324. Oh, we bless you. 
Christ our God to earth descended. Apple homage to thee, We're on page, bottom of page three. Let's pray for the whole state of Christ's church militant here on earth. Notice there are no breaks in there, but I will make pauses so that we can pray from our hearts in between. Almighty and ever-living God, who by the Holy Apostle have taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly ask you most mercifully to accept our prayers, which we offer to your divine majesty asking you to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and harmony. And grant that all those who confess your holy name may agree in the truth of your holy word and live in unity and godly love. I lift up the universal church hidden within the visible church. Bring all who are lost back into your fold. Awaken those who are lost in cults. They may hear your gospel and be set free. We ask you also to save and defend all Christian governors, that under them we may be godly and quietly governed and grant to them whole counsel and to all who are in authority under them that they may truly and indifferently minister justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of God's true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops, pastors, and curates, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth your true and lively word and rightly and duly administer your holy sacraments. And to all your people, give your heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with humble heart and due reverence they may hear and receive your holy word, truly serving you in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. I ask that you find people in the area that want to hear your word and bring them to us. And we most humbly ask you From your goodness, O Lord, to comfort and help all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. All people who are suffering from cancer, all people who suffer from sickness in the mind, 
Grant these, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, your only mediator and advocate. Amen. Dearly beloved in the Lord, you who intend to come to the Holy Communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ must consider what St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, how he exhorts all persons diligently to try and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a truly penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood, and we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own damnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and all kinds of death. Therefore, if any of you is a blasphemer of God, a hinderer or slanderer of his word, an adulterer or is in malice or envy, or in any other grievous crime. Bewail your sins, and do not come to this holy table, lest after taking the holy sacrament, the devil enter into you, as he entered into Judas, and fill you full of all iniquities, and bring you to destruction, both body and soul. Judge therefore yourselves, brothers and sisters, that you are not judged by the Lord. Truly repent of your past sins. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Change your lives, and live in perfect charity with all, Men, so shall you be right partakers of the, those holy mysteries. And above all things, you must give most humble and hearty thanks to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself even to the death upon the cross for us miserable sinners who lay in the darkness and shadow of death that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And to the end, that we should always remember the exceedingly great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which, by his precious blood shedding, he has obtained for us. He has instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love and continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, let us give, as we are most bound to do, continual thanks submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. You who truly and earnestly repent of your sins are in love and are in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from now on in his holy ways, draw near and take this holy sacrament for your comfort. Make your humble confession to Almighty God before this congregation gathered together here in his holy name, humbly kneeling on your knees. Let's say together. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by thought, word, and deed against your divine majesty, provoking most justly your wrath and indignation against us. We earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous to us. The burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father, for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Forgive us all that is past, 
and grant that we may ever from now on serve and please you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who from his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who, are, who with hearty repentance and true faith turn to him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ says to all those who truly turn to him. Come to me, all who travail and are heavy laden, and I shall refresh you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that everyone who believes in him should not perish but have life everlasting. Hear also what St. Paul says. This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Hear also what St. John says. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Please stand. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are together. We do not presume to come to this your table, a merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who from your tender mercy gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of his of his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, merciful Father, we ask you and grant that we, receiving these, your creatures of bread and wine, according to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. Who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of this. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Please come forward. Everybody pile up on one side of the table. Remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. Remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. Take me this. Remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. Take me this. Remember that Christ died for you and be thankful. Take me this. Remember that Christ died for you. Give me your hearts by faith. that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. Drink this that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. Drink this. And take this blood that Christ's blood was shed for you. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's say the post-communion prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank you that you promise to feed us who have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you assure us by this of your favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members incorporated in your mystical body, which is the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of your everlasting kingdom by the merits of the most precious death and passion of your dear Son, we now most humbly ask you, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with your grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as you have prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen.